Hello, and thank you for tuning in to today's service from Harvest Church in Silver City, New Mexico. We hope this encourages you and brings you closer to the Lord. Now, today's word from Pastor Clyde. Today, I want to talk about the greatest gift. Part two is grace. Everybody say grace. grace. Turn to your neighbor and say grace. grace. Turn to your other neighbor and say least favorite neighbor, grace. What is grace? Okay, I'm glad you asked what is grace. Grace is actually, if we think about it in terms of, of, of the biblical way that we're going to look at it today, grace is actually pretty complex, okay? We often hear people say, um, you know, God has grace for that, or we'll hear expressions like, I gave him grace uh, in that area. How many of you ever like come close to missing a car payment and you're like, thank God for the grace period? Okay, all right. Nobody ever does that. Or we'll use, you know, we'll use expressions like, uh, uh, or, or, or oftentimes we'll use it as an excuse, right, to do certain things. Oh, I did that, but there's grace to cover that, so I'm okay. Or so we'll use it for, as an excuse to do things, or we'll use it as an excuse to not do some things, right? And, and so if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves with this, with this mixed theology of what grace truly is. And so I want to I tell you today that this is truly a great gift from God. And, and maybe you not, may not know exactly what the Bible says about grace, um, but I'm hoping that by the end of today that you have a clear understanding of what God's grace truly is. Because I know that uh, I, I won't be able to cover everything uh, that grace has to say or that, that, that there is to say in the Bible about grace. But I really hope that we can, that we can navigate through some of these difficult things and that uh, we can come up with, with, this, with this concept of, of what grace truly is in God's eyes. And so if you have your Bible, open up to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to be at Ephesians. We're going to be in Romans. And then we're going to spend a lot of our time... In Romans, I think Romans is where we're going to spend most of our time. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. If you have your highlighter or even if you have your uh, Bible on your phone, highlight this, highlight this scripture. I think it's going to be important for us even moving forward. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. How have you been saved? By faith, right? Okay. And this is not your own doing. Is it something that you can do? Okay. It is a gift of who? It is a gift of God. Okay, let's read that all together. For, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. The biblical definition, if I was to ask you, I bet you I'll get this answer. If I was to ask you, what is the biblical definition of grace? Tell me. Somebody has to know this. I knew somebody would say that. The unmerited favor of God, okay? That would be what we've heard, what we've heard basically our lives, okay? If you've been in church at any given time or have read, have read your Bible, you'll, you'll, you'll say that it's the unmerited favor of God. But here's what I want you to get today, is grace is the power that is imparted by the Holy Spirit, okay? So grace is power. Remember that. Grace is power, okay? So, so this unmerited favor or the gift of God is the power of God, not of man's, right? We said that, that it's, it's by grace that we are saved, not, not by anything that we can do. We agree upon that, as the scripture said in Ephesians chapter 2, right? So, so, so the power of grace 
is walking in it and not falling uh, into sin. Okay, so there's power. The grace of God is like this. Okay, so if we say the unmerited favor of God is the gift of God, okay, but but the power uh, the power of grace is being able to walk in the authority of who God has called you to be. And now we may make a mistake and we may fall, and that's where the unmerited favor comes, where God says, "Now you can get back in. You're still a son and a daughter. Now walk in the power that I've called you to walk in." Okay? Instead, what we do is we use grace as sometimes an excuse to live a life however we want to live. Okay? And we're going to cover that here in just a second. Um, so remember, grace is power. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. I want you to read this part, highlight this part. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, the power of God. What that means is you cannot earn it, right? It is, it is nothing that we can do that is earnest. We, we, and many, even at times, we don't even deserve it, right? It is a free gift that God has given us, and it's not based off performance, because if it was based off performance, most of us wouldn't receive that good of a grade, right? It's not based on how well we live. It's not based on the tax bracket that we fall in. It's not, it's not based off of anything. If you're a good person, if you're a bad person, God doesn't give you grace because you drove the speed limit to church. God doesn't give you grace because you let, um, you know, the, the little old couple park the, in the front parking spot and you went to the back, right? Those, those aren't ways that we can earn it, Right? We don't get grace just because we showed up to church today. We're even 10 minutes early. Some of you were 10 minutes late, but some of us were 10 minutes early. You don't deserve it. You don't, you can't earn it. Because even on our best day, we would not deserve the grace that God has given us. Okay? So the Bible says even in our righteousness, we are but still but filthy rags to God. Okay? So, so are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. Okay? How many have ever heard of the word karma before? Okay, so let's, 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 let's make the difference between karma and grace, okay? Because karma means you get what you deserve, right? That's, that's what we say. We, people say, man, you know, karma's gonna come back around to you. You, you did this, and it's gonna come right back around to you. You get what you deserve. So you can see that's the complete opposite of what we're talking about with God. Right? That's the complete opposite of the grace and the power that we're talking about through God's grace and through his mercy. People think that that's how God operates. When I moved to Silver City, I've never heard that more in my life, that, that God is a God that punishes people. Right? And I don't know if that's a mentality of just how people were brought up or what, but, but I've, I've heard that quite a bit. And people will say, well, I did this, so God's going to punish me. I've heard that a lot, and that's just not the grace of God. Grace means you don't get what you deserve, right? You don't get what you deserve. And not getting what you deserve, let, let, me, let me define that just a little bit. We don't deserve to be blessed. We don't deserve the favor in our lives. We don't deserve a second chance. 
You don't deserve to be sober. You don't deserve a relationship with Jesus. But that is the grace that he, that he gives us, and then we get all of those things. We get to be blessed. We get to live a life of favor. We get to have that second chance. We get to live a life that is sober. We get to spend eternity with Jesus. That's the grace of God, right? So, so, so if we say that grace is the unmerited favor of God, then it makes me, inter- it makes me, it makes me wonder why, why people still say, I'll just get what I deserve. If, you know, I, I have a lot of people that, that when they first come to Jesus and they first um, give their hearts to God and, and they start to change their life, the very first thing they say is, I've done all these bad things and, and, and I deserve to be punished for them or I, I have to pay my price for those things. And, and, and my response is that price has already been paid. It was paid on a cross. It was, play, it was paid uh, with the cracking of a whip. It was paid because he loves you that much. And that's the power. See, if we come and we say, God, I want your grace, but we whimper down instead of saying, God, I want your grace, and I'm going to walk in your power and authority. Because when we give our hearts to God and we become a son and a daughter, we're now heirs to the king, right? So that means we walk in authority, right? We walk in authority that God God has given me the grace. He's extended me the grace, so I am going to walk in that Authority, and I'm not gonna. If if I if I do fall, if I do make mistake, then there's grace that God will pick me back up. Oftentimes, we we see people and say they don't deserve the grace that we want. You know, we 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 say it's uh, grace is one of those words where um, we want grace for ourselves, but we often don't want grace for other people. Right and, and and we say, well, you know, you don't know their lives, and you don't what well, you don't we don't all don't know your life either, right? And so so what happens is is we'll say things like, um, you know, that I saw that person speeding speeding to town. Where's a cop when you need him, right? And but but you don't want that cop to show up when you're speeding through town, right? Or when you run the red light, or when you cut through the parking lot at Harvest going 50 miles an hour. We should, we should have a heart for people that says they deserve the same grace that God gave me. That they deserve the same opportunity to encounter Jesus as I did. Instead of saying people need to get what they deserve, because that's not grace. Grace is I'm going to hold back the things that you deserve. And, and listen, there's, there's times that, that, that people have done us wrong. And there's, there's, there's just times where, where people have wronged us and, and we say, we need to get them back or we need, to, you know, we need to pay them back. And that's not the grace of God. The grace of God would be to forgive. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So what that means is sin has separated us. Right? Because of sin, that is what originally separated us. So, so sin is, is a very powerful word that we have to understand. Okay? So, so grace is not a license to sin, right? We're clear on that? Okay? Instead, grace is, is, is there when you sin, you are still a son and a daughter of God. Right? And so, so we have to be careful that, that sin, it will separate us. 
And so, so it means that we, have, that, that we have all missed the mark of God's standard at some point, right? If we talk about sin, that sin is, is oftentimes intentional, right? Sin is oftentimes intentional. I, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because there's grace. And, and, and yes, yes, there is grace, but we don't want, we, we want to walk in the power of God, right? Not, not just say, well, you know, there's grace, so I'm going to sin, and there's grace, so I'm going to make mistakes, and then he'll pick me back up, and all things will be well again. Instead of walking in the true power that God has called you to walk in. At the end of the day, we've all made mistakes. At the end of the day, we've all missed the mark. And so because of grace, we don't get what we deserve. Because of grace, we, we get what we, we get. God says, you know what? You're forgiven. God says, I paid the price for you. Because what we deserve is separation from God, to not spend eternity with him. Because the law requires, I heard this quote, the, the law requires and God enables. Right? So, so the law says, do these things or this will happen. And God says, I enable you to walk in power and you are a son and you are a daughter of mine. How many people are thankful for God's grace? I definitely clap because I am one who is grateful for God's grace. And maybe for some, you've never truly experienced God's grace. Maybe you've never experienced why God's grace is so awesome. And if we, if we think about it, let's get back to the fact that we all have missed the mark. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short. And if we think about it, sin, it can be classified in so many different ways, and there's, there's all kinds of these uh, things. But, but to clarify, basically, we all have missed the mark, right? We, we could name different sins, but at the end of the day, we've fallen short and we've made mistakes. And really how it all started at the very beginning in Genesis, we see in chapter 3 where Adam and Eve, they fell, right? They, they sinned against God. God gave them certain instructions to stay away from this one particular tree. And they couldn't do it, and they, and they made a mistake. And God says, you don't, you don't need to eat from that tree. You can eat from anything else. Don't eat from there. But then Eve took it upon herself, and she eats the fruit. And she sins against what God specifically told them to do. And then the Bible says that's when sin entered the world. And what that means is we became separated. In that moment, we became separated from God. Before that, we had complete unity. We had complete community with God. But in that moment when we sinned, there was that set of the sin that they had committed. Adam and Eve, they cover themselves, right, in shame of the sin that they had committed. But even in that moment, what did God do? God went and looked for them. Right? And, and his words were, 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 where are you? Right? And we've talked about this before. It's not that God misplaced the only two humans on earth. But he's saying, where are you? Where are you spiritually? Where are you in your walk? Where are you? And even in that moment, there was grace for Adam. And there was grace for Eve. So the only way that this, that this gap can be filled because sin created this barrier. And so the only way that this, that, this, that this gap can be filled is that there had to be a price that had to be paid to close that gap. So, Jesus, so God sent his only son, who, a God who is rich in mercy, a God who is rich in grace, gave us the gift of power. 
the, the unmerited favor of God, the gap that we created, God gave us a solution to close that gap. He said, I'm going to send my only son to pay the penalty that you all deserve. And now we can all come back to God because of the price that was paid for us. That's a big deal. You should be clapping right now. It's a big deal. The gap, it wasn't closed by your good deeds. It wasn't closed because of your money. It wasn't, it wasn't closed by any of that. But, but the only way the gap was closed was through God's grace and through Jesus. The Bible talks a lot about this in the book of Romans chapter 5. You can turn your Bibles there. Romans chapter 5 is where we're going to spend most of our time. I'm going to read out of the, uh, let's start at verse 12 to save time. I'm going to read out of the message translation. Everybody there? Romans chapter 5. Your translation may be a little bit different. We have uh, the message translation on the screen for you to follow along. You know the story how Adam landed us in the first dilemma we're, we're in. First sin, then death, and no one except, uh, exempt from either sin or death. That sin disturbed relations with God in everything and everyone. See, it didn't just disturb relationships with God. It disturbed gut relationships with everyone, right? Disturbed a relationship with humanity. It disturbed, uh, you know, the, it's disturbed a relationship with everyone. Sin separates because it really is the mechanism of separation between us and God. Look at, look at how our world, this world full of sin, separates us from love. Look at the divorce rate. Look at the hate crimes. Look at all these things that we deal with today. There's a separation, right? If we continue on, but the extent of the disturbance was not clear until God spelled it out in the details to Moses. So death, this huge abyss separating us from God, dominated the landscape from Adam to Moses. Even those who didn't sin precisely as Adam did by disobeying a specific command of God still had to experience this termination of life, this separation from God. But Adam, who got us into this, also points ahead to the one uh, who will get us out of it. So he's meaning Jesus, right? So he's, he's pointing us to the one that will get us out. Verse 15 says, Yet the, res, uh, the rescuing gift is not exactly parallel to the death-dealing sin. If one man's sin put crowds of people at the dead-end abyss of separation from God, just think what God's gift poured through one man, Jesus Christ, will do. There's no comparison between that death-dealing sin and this generous, life-giving gift. The verdict on, on that one sin was the death sentence. The verdict on the many sins that had followed was this wonderful life sentence. If death got the upper hand through one man's wrongdoing, can you imagine the breathtaking recovery life makes, sovereign life, and those who grasp with both hands this widely extravagant life gift? This grand setting everything right that the one man, Jesus Christ, provides. Verse 18 says, here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did wrong and got us all in this trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. 
Let me tell you, when you give your life to God, it's not getting out of something. It's stepping in to your new life, right? That's the power of God. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. One man said yes to God and put many people in the right. All that passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. All sin can do is threaten us with death, and that's the end of it. Grace, because of God's putting everything together again through the Messiah, invites us into life. A life that goes on and on and on. A world without end. Let me say this as simple as I can. Sin will break everything apart. But grace will put it all back together. That's what God does. We all can relate to that. We all can relate to when our lives were completely broken apart. When our lives were filled with sin, when our lives were filled with self-destruction, when our filled were, uh, uh, lives were filled with self-joy and the things that brought our flesh health and the, the things that brought our flesh happiness and all those things, we can remember those times. And, but we can also remember the time when we came and we gave our heart to God and he began to put those things back together. And that's the grace of God. Because that's the power of God. Right? If we, if we think about back to Ephesians, put back Ephesians chapter two, uh, 2 for me. Can you put that one back up there? For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. Sin wants to break your future apart, Right? That's what sin wants to do. Sin wants to entrap you, and if we're not careful, we'll, we'll ride on this grace train and say, well, there's always forgiveness no matter what I do. Okay, And, and, and what I want you to understand is, is because God's love and mercy and the pain that he took on the cross, don't make him take it over and over because you want to get out there and be foolish. Right? Instead, live a life that is righteous. Live a life that is pursuing God. Live a life that you walk in power, that you understand that you are a son, that you understand that you are a daughter. Not that you're just somebody who's in the family and can make mistakes and then there's always, you're always going to be in the family. Instead, live a life that is pleasing to God. Remember this. Sin doesn't just separate us from other people, but it, it truly does separate us from God. We have to understand that it also separates us from the calling upon our lives. So everybody in here has a calling upon their life. Everybody in here, God wants to use you for something. Do not let sin get in the way of fulfilling that. People always say, well, how do I know if I should do this or shouldn't do this? If you have to ask yourself the question, don't do it, okay? There's a start. Let's start there, okay? And as we get into next week, as I talk about the greatest gift, part three, the gift of the Holy Spirit, you will begin to discern some things. 
you'll begin to, to know in your spirit. You'll be able to begin to know in your heart these things that you should and should not do. Everything that we messed up, Jesus puts back together. Religion says you need to pay for it, and Jesus says, I already paid for it. That's the grace of God. Thank you for listening to today's service. If you feel led to give or would like more information about the church, please check us out at harvestsc.com. And tune in next week for more. We here at Harvest love you and pray that God will bless you and keep you. Harvest, go be the church.